Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Go big or go home, not from home, not from our trailer. No, but we're always going big. We're at the hotel lobby. Ahmed Farid, Joshua Perry, Matt Castle. If you're listening, this is going to be no different. If you're watching, it's just a different backdrop. Really not much different other than that. That's right. We wanted, we wanted to create the crowd, you know, hopefully get some people in the background cheering a little bit. Yeah. We wanted to be able to relax and spread out a little bit, too, if we're being honest. That's a true statement. The people who are in the background don't even want to be in our podcast, but they're in it. They're in it. They're in it. Uh, so what we do is we talk about all the Big Ten games. That's our promise to you, the listener and viewer, which are still a lot. I'm still looking at all these games. I'm like, oh, my God, how are we going to get all this in a half an hour? But There's we're less games as the season goes on. Less games as the season right. go on. So let's get into it. Our first game, Big Ten Saturday night, week number three. We're veterans now at this whole thing. Purdue hosting Syracuse, a game with a whole lot of turnovers for Purdue. What did they end up with? It was like six fumbles. I think they ended up losing like three yeah, of them maybe. four turnovers, <laughs> I think, total. Um, so... Where do, you, where do we want to start here? There were times where I was like, Purdue look, looks like an exciting, fun team, uh, but Garrett Schrader shred. I was going to say, you got to start with Garrett Schrader. I mean, you watched the film. You knew that he was an athlete, a guy that meant the world to the offensive unit for Syracuse. But to see him live, to go out, the, his ability to make plays, extend plays, and then just the, the zone read and everything that he did, I mean, he was their offense. And you look at his stats even – he was 14 for 28 for 124 throwing the ball. I mean, he put the ball on the money, and they probably had, what, five or six They drops? had more than that, probably like eight or nine drops by the end of the game, right? They, like he, They couldn't stop him. No, Schrader put the, the cape on, right? He became Superman yes. in that game. And I, I thought it was a pleasure to be in there to watch it up close. He was that good. Um, so you got to give a lot of credit to Syracuse and what they had. And from a defensive standpoint, too, you know, we asked a question – was it the competition they were playing or was it the fact that this was a, a, a defense that could really cause issues? And I think it was a combo platter, but it seemed like they were living in Purdue's backfield just from the, the issues that they could cause schematically. And, you know, they were able to disrupt the football, which I think is a big thing on the defensive side of the ball. I thought it was a really good plan from Syracuse from start to finish. Well, we talked about Rocky Long before the game, right? And he was a guy that was going to try to create chaos in the front. You knew that what they were going to do on the back end, 
but in terms of their front, there were multiple. And when you look at it, like you said, they, I mean, Purdue only rushed the ball for 80 yards. Right. Right. And when you don't have balance in your offense and you've got to rely on that pass game all the time, because we knew that the air raid offense, look, they're going to use possession passing game to probably extend it. And it's more of an extension of the run game at times. But at the end of the day, they were in the backfield. They created pressure. They sacked Hudson Carter on the one strip sack. They created the fumble. They stopped him on fourth and one in the red zone. They created another. Well, that was more of a mishap by Hudson Carter in the back at that point. But, again, they got the turnovers that they needed to do. They capitalized on those turnovers, and Garrett Schrader went out and balled out. I was wrong. They had seven fumbles. Seven. Three lost. Whoop. Three lost. Seven fumbles. Interception for Hudson wow. Card. So where are we at with Purdue then? So we first first week a shootout with Fresno State. Yep. And then they go to Lane Stadium. They beat Virginia Tech, and it's looking like that's probably not a very good Virginia Tech team. And then they lose by two touchdowns at home to Syracuse. I think they got the makings of a good football team. I like what they have in terms of offensive skill. I really do. I think Hudson Card is still a good player. He had a bad game. Um, uncharacteristic, I would say. Devin Maccabee, I think, needs to have better control over the football when it's in his hands, but I love what he provides. Um, you could go through the wide receiver room, but, I, I mean, Burks is a great player. Tyrone Tracy Jr. Uh, was used in a very versatile role. Like, they've got dudes that I really like on the offense. I think they need to get better on the line of scrimmage, and I would say the same thing on the defensive side. Um, I think they're still growing into their defensive scheme as well. I'm not ready to close the door on Purdue. It has not been a great start. This is also a part of the growing pains, I would think, when a new coach comes in. Um, and you see flashes of a team that I think could be good down the line. Right. And today, the competitive swing was a turnover battle, right? Right. If you lose a turnover battle and you turn the ball over four times, it's hard to win those games, especially against a team that has got a, an experienced quarterback like they do with the Garrett Schrader. And at the end of the day, you look at a lot of these teams right now in the Big Ten, whether it's Wisconsin, Purdue, for example, Nebraska, first-year head coaches. It takes time for them to get everybody to buy in. You're changing scheme. A lot of these guys have first-year coordinators for the offensive side of the ball. And when you have something like that, it just it, it takes time to develop the scheme, get everybody in place, build the trust that you need to have to be a more efficient offense. And that's really what you're seeing right now early on this season. I agree. I want to give a special shout-out to Dylan Thineman, the safety for Purdue, 14 tackles. You guys wow. Yeah, he was flying it. around the field. He was bro, flying around. He, he had 14 tackles because he didn't miss a damn tackle. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, I mean, this dude was Johnny on the spot. He's freshman. The last, freshman. Last line of defense. Yep. You know, Deep. we talked to Ryan Walters and also Kevin Kane, their defensive coordinator, and he said, this guy came in. And we saw it that he was physically able right in the offseason workouts and stuff like that. But then all of a sudden they said they got him on the field and very soon you recognize that his football IQ was through the roof. So not only was he one of the best DBs on the team, he's one of the best players on the team, which says a lot. About a freshman? About a true freshman. Yeah, buddy. And the kind of cool part, too, is his brothers played here as well. Yeah. All right. Let's give some love to some Big Ten teams that won. Let's give some love to Wisconsin, even though it was more difficult than probably they had wanted. The Badger, uh, Badgers shake off a slow start. They force six turnovers. They build off of last weekend's loss at Washington State. Tanner Mordecai, kind of a pedestrian day throwing the ball. Braylon Allen, though, does go for 94 yards, a couple touchdowns. Ches Malusi, 61 yards and a touchdown. Wasn't pretty. No. 
but they got the victory. I love that one-two punch with Braylon Allen, who gets a lot of the headlines. Chesma Lucy's really freaking good. Oh, he's player. an explosive back. I, I like watching him play, and, and the thing that impresses me about him is I think he's fine taking that role of Robin to Braylon Allen's Batman. There's a lot of guys who have a lot of pride and ego that wouldn't do that, um, especially as good of a player as he is. What's weird to me about this game is I don't understand from a defensive standpoint how you take the football away six times, but yeah. you still exactly. give up 400-plus pass yards. What, what was the number there? Yeah, it was. 83 total passing yards by Davis Brown. Yeah, five interceptions, though. Five interceptions. That, that's wild to me. Like, make it make sense. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make any it sense. It doesn't make sense. Because when you look at it, too, it's such a slow start. It's 14-14 at the half. They explode on the scene in the third quarter, 21 points, and they finish strong. But it's somewhat discouraging, right? You bring in Tanner Mordecai, who's a guy that you think is going to be a guy that's going to light it up, right? He comes in from SMU. He's a, got. He's one of these guys that has got – a ton of experience, yep. a ton of success at the quarterback position. You bring in Phil Longo, who obviously his resume speaks for itself. But at the end of the day, something, something's off a little bit with the quarterback position. They're not clicking, so to speak, and they haven't found their stride offensively. And that, that's a concerning thing when you, get, when you start to get to conference play. I mean, there's a lot of things that are different, right? You mentioned new coordinator, new quarterback, and the offense – is so different from an appearance standpoint that I did expect growing pains. Where I do agree with you is I'm kind of shocked that Tanner Mordecai doesn't look more polished at this point. He's played a ton of football. He looks a little uncomfortable. He does, right? And I feel like he should look a little bit more like he has a command of the offense. And I think that for them to really take the next step as an offense, a lot of it's going to revolve around his comfortability. So the Badgers visit West Lafayette on Friday. So that's the next game for both of those. That'll be an interesting one. Uh, another team that forced some turnovers, Penn State, had five takeaways Man. in their win against Illinois. They won 30-13. to They moved to 3-0. and But I don't think it was as dominant a performance as we thought we'd see from Penn State. I agree. I mean, well, we, we watched that game, right? And Illinois gave them fits at times on the defensive side of the plot. On the defensive side of the ball, they played scrappy all day. They Johnny Newton early. looks like a dude. Johnny Newton Johnny is a first-round like, pick. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he he is a stud, and he lived up. And that was a big question mark coming in this game, right? Uh, Illinois has been a shell of themselves all season. They're giving up over 31.5 points coming into this game, over almost 470 yards yeah. of total offense per game. And you go off of last year's stats and goes, this is an elite defense. they got a lot of returners. You think they're going to come in and be that defense? But they haven't looked like that. But today, they showed me something. I mean, even, even despite all the turnovers that they had offensively, they hung tough with them. Eventually, obviously, Penn State wore them down and, right. and went ahead and won the game definitively. But it, the, the actual outcome of the game didn't t- tell the entire tale of the game. I'm, I'm with you there. The, and it was really the front seven for me for Illinois that I thought stood up, right? They, I mean, they made it difficult. For Penn State to run the football, they showed pressure looks to a young quarterback in Drew Aller, who, quite frankly, looked very human today. And I think it was, it was to me, I think, revealing about both of the units, the Penn State offense and where they might be deficient that we didn't know, and Illinois defensively where their strength really is in that front seven. I want to give the Penn State defense a ton of credit, though. 100%. Because when you have a young quarterback – 
and he's not having a day, you got to be able to stand up. And they said, listen, it doesn't matter how much we have to do and how many times we got to go out there. We're going to do everything in our power to give our offense the ball back so they can have as many cracks at it as possible. It's, it's a great way to play complimentary football. And I think that shows the maturity of that side of the football. Like, hey, young quarterback, he ain't playing that well today. Guess what we're going to do? We're going to play our tails off, and we're going to do a great job. We're going to suffocate the other team. We're going to take the football away, give them more chances. That's good football. And it's good football, but you look at Drew Aller's numbers. I mean, it was very pedestrian. Yeah. 16 for 33, 208. It felt like he never really got into a rhythm. There's not that big play mentality that they had in the first game that we watched. And even when you look at these running backs, we've been talking about Katron Allen, Nicholas Singleton, Singleton, the one-two punch, right? These guys should go out week in and week out and dominate. Well, Katron Allen, 54 yards on 13 carries. Nicholas Singleton, this has been now – Two weeks in a row. Yes. Uh, 11 for 37. <laughs> it's not I good. mean, these are your dudes. These yeah. are your stars. And it looked like today they didn't have either aspect of their offense, whether it was the pass game or the run game. And now it's a little dangerous, too. Like, teams like, all right, let's load up on the run. We'll make Drew Aller beat us. And if he's not able to do that, life's going to get difficult on the offensive side for, for sure. Penn State. Daquan Hardy with a pick in this one. Mike Robb thinks he is the best man-to-man cover receiver that they have. Kalen King included, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Abdul Carter got a pick in the game, so the defense flash made some plays, and they needed that in this one. Uh, Our next game that I want to talk about here, let's give some love to 3-0 Rutgers. Yeah! Yeah. 3-0 Rutgers. I know. 35-16 win over Virginia Tech. They do visit Michigan next weekend, so that will get more difficult. Well, Uh, But yeah, Coach Shiano trying to build something at Rutgers. I'm a huge fan of his, and I know that there are people who may find him a little bit abrasive and very direct. I love those types of people. I also think that he's gone through a change in his approach as a coach second time around at Rutgers where he loves on his players a little bit more, and he's kind of uh, he's softened up, not in a, a, a football sense, but in a personal sense right. that the players have responded to. All of that to say, Rutgers needed this start to the season. I think I mentioned this before, but it's hard being Rutgers when you play Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State, Michigan State. Maryland looks to be a solid team, right? Like, <laughs> dude, where, I mean, where are the wins in the Big Ten? Right. And they need a 3-0 and start so they can at least say, can we steal three victories when we get into conference play so we can make a bowl game, right? And so I love this for them. They actually look to be a team that whether or not they win the game, they can certainly challenge people, and I yes. think that's right where they want to be. Yeah, and they can challenge people. They did it defensively, but how are they doing it? They're running the football. Now, I don't want to butcher Kyle Manunga. Manunga. Yes, He's rushed for 351 yards in three games with five touchdowns. Yeah, yeah buddy. today he went off. 16 carries, 143. He had three touchdowns today. I mean, a 55-yard long. I mean, the guy the guy can run the rock, and that's what they're winning behind. They're running, winning behind good defense, and they're being able to go out there and establish the run game, and that's what you want to see with a team like this because it, it's okay for them to win a little gritty. Right. Right? They, I mean, that's what, that's what they're made of. you got to play to your strengths. Yeah. And if they can play to their strengths and go out there week in and week out, play really good defense, then they've got a formula for success and just keep that going and see what can happen. Ohio State, big-time win. 63-10 over Western Kentucky. 
We got that Big Ten Saturday night game. Well, although I guess it's not Big Ten Saturday night, but it still is, right? It's big Saturday night, baby. It's big Saturday yeah, night. No, Saturday night. Notre Dame. Right? Saturday night. Top ten matchup. Going to be the game of the weekend. Notre Dame, Ohio State. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. What did we learn? 63 points from Ohio State. Kyle McCord throws for 318, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Travion Henderson runs for a couple touchdowns, 88 yards. Marvin Harrison goes off. Moving on. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I will say game one against Indiana, it was like, ah, man, this team's going to look rough. Then they play Youngstown State, maybe not as dominant as people wanted, but it was a convincing win. It's like, okay, Kyle played better and run game. You know, you saw some guys like Trayvon looked like he had w- wiggle the whole deal. You get to this game, now all of a sudden, I mean, Marv, Fitcher, Emeka, Ballin. Trevion, balling, chip trainum, balling, calm accord, balling, right? Like all the things you wanted to see in terms of progression of an offense with the newer offensive line, the quarterback. And I know this is not necessarily greatest competition, but improvement. Biggest thing that stands out to me, though, Ohio State on defense gave up three points against Indiana, gave up seven against Youngstown State, gave up 10 today. It looks to be a pretty solid group. And this is an offense, regardless of, of, what group level they play on, group of five team, whatever the case is, prolific offense for Western Kentucky. They had one of the best offenses, passing offenses, in college football a year ago. I'll say sit up to the test. And so I, I do think that if you're a fan, you feel more encouraged as you head into Notre Dame, who looks to be really good this year too. Um, head in the right direction. Won't get ahead of myself. I mean, this is a game that you expect them to win. You know, they scored 35 points in the second second quarter alone. Does this team look better than Notre Dame right now? Well, after today, when we watched Notre Dame play, I mean, it was one of those kind of performances that was slow that they pulled away from later, and they scored what? Notre Dame ended up scoring. They did. It was a seven-point game at halftime. Seven-point game. There was some leakage in the front. At the end of the day, I don't think you learn as much from these type of games. Like, you understand that these teams should dominate this type of competition. You have superior athletes. You have better coaching. You have all the things that you look for that should create this outcome. What we're going to really look for, we're going to find out more about Notre Dame. We're going to find out a lot more about Ohio State. We're going to find out about these teams when they face equal opponents. And both sides are going to be amped up for this game. The coaching staff is going to be able to devise a plan that works for their personnel. And so – I look forward to games like next week, right? Right. Where this is what we all want. Th- right. That, that's a measuring stick game to me. That yep. You go out and you say, okay, well, you know, where are our weaknesses? It is, is Kyle McCord who we thought he was? Right. Is Sam Hartman who we thought he right. was? Right. And, I mean, and, and it goes across the board for every single athlete. And that's why th- those are the games that I get excited for. Right now, I anticipate them beating Western Kentucky like this. So it, it's interesting because, to your point, is if you're an Ohio State fan, you sit back, you watch this game, and you say that you feel much better about this team. Right. You're supposed to beat this opponent. You should but feel good. Defensive line was really active. You were able to take the football away, and you know your offensive line looked pretty good for most of the day. Flip side of that, Notre Dame opponent they were supposed to beat, and in the end they pulled away. But at the beginning of the game, you're like, boy, you know, defensive line looks a little bit leaky. Offensive line might not be what we thought it was. They're only really throwing longer developing plays. Like, the ball does not come out of Hartman's hands quickly. Like, it, it seems like they want to let it get downfield. 
can you hold up against a D-line that's got horses? And so to your point, everything is speculation right now. Right. We will find out in a week, and that's super exciting. Uh, they scored five touchdowns in the second quarter. Last time OSU scored five touchdowns in a quarter, September 21st, 2013 versus Florida A&M. So in case you were wondering out I there. Played I played that game. Keep that set you played that game? Pocket. I played that was my sophomore year. Oh, my. 2013. Oh my gosh. Young guy. Wow. <laughs> and now that record has been eclipsed. I don't know if it was a record, actually. That's a record. Uh, records are made to be broken. Uh, if we talk about Ohio State, we got to talk about Michigan, who uh, this game was late. We saw a few plays of it. Yeah. Um, so Michigan beats Bowling Green. First of all, I, I really hope that those two Bowling Green players that had to go off the field, one oh, seemed man. like a spinal injury maybe, yes, the other yes. was maybe a leg injury. Yes. Yep. Hoping for the best for both of no those doubt. players. That was super scary. Um, but Michigan gets the win, 31-6. to J.J. McCarthy did not look good. This is his first Yuck. bad game. Three interceptions. Ooh. I don't know if you saw any of the passes or you saw I any. didn't. So you, it could be all tips. You never know, right? <laughs> yeah. No, there, were, there, there, there was a tip. Now, I don't, I don't know if the interceptions were all tips, but there were some balls being tipped at the line of yes. scrimmage. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's the thing sometimes when you don't get an opportunity to watch. Because yeah. we can sit here and say, well, these are three picks, but you don't know the circumstances right. in which they happened. It could have been a tip ball. It could have been something yeah. like that. And so, but nonetheless, he became human this week because it, from a stat line standpoint, he was, he was the most 13. efficient quarterback in America. He's been completing 80% of the balls. So he's eight for 13. Yes. Two touchdowns. Bro, 87%. They were making a conservative <laughs> effort to run the rock this week. Who was their head coach this week? Sharon Moore. Yeah, I don't so, know. Yeah. He's an offensive, offensive line coach, pretty. so of course they were <laughs> yeah, trying to run the ball. About that I will say, line. though, like we're, we're getting ready to – game's getting ready to kick off, and the comment that I make when we're sitting in the green room <laughs> is – uh, boy, you know Blake Corum. Like he doesn't, he doesn't necessarily look the same. Like they haven't gotten him oh, going yeah. yet. And then what's the first play of the game? Blake Corum breaks off a big run. I said, Ah, Blake's back. <laughs> Blake's I said, back. Blake is good. So yeah. this team might be getting back to their identity a little bit. Yeah. JJ McCarthy certainly has taken steps as a quarterback. Right. Everybody right. has bad games, but run game getting started specifically with Corum, I think, is a great sign for them. Let's give some love to Nebraska and Matt Rule. They win 35-11. Good for them. Gets his first win as a head coach. Uh, not a whole lot to say about it. Just saw none to, of this game. Saw none of this game, yeah. but congrats to yes. Matt Rule. In a game that they should win, Nebraska, but sometimes you got to get that first one. And after a while, he's asking questions like, when are you going to finally get that win? Yeah, it's a tough spot to be and Start off 0-2, and all of a sudden you're kind of looking around like. Yeah, but he stayed consistent, man. Yeah. And I think that it's been a program that, Change is difficult, and yeah. it hasn't been a program that's been winning a lot in, in a number of different years. And so he knew it was going to be a tough task. But if anybody has proven that his track record will, will teach you, that give him some time and he'll get this thing figured out. And I, I do want to make a point, too, about uh, Matt Rule and his start is, you know, Colorado, and we're not at the end of that game yet. They might lose tonight. But, yeah, you know, they start off against them who – not start off against, but they play them early on the year. It's one of the great stories in college football. A team that certainly improved, ranked team. Then you get Minnesota as a conference opponent. It's not like they started off with a couple of cupcakes it was difficult, like a lot of teams yeah. do. So Heinrich Harburg was the cornerback in this game. No Jeff Sims. Ah, ah. 14 to 24, 158 yards, two touchdowns. You know their leading rusher who carried the ball 21 times? Oh. Heinrich Harburg. Really? 21 carries, 98 oh. yards, and a touchdown. That's, that's a stat line. I got. We gotta go see this game now. 
This is interesting stuff. A yeah. developing story developing right now. Story. Uh, all right, what, what else do we have to go here? Uh, Duke beats Northwestern 38-14. to 14. Northwestern falls to 1-2 and two on the season. They got losses to Rutgers and, and Duke now. Um, can we move on to the next one? Or I mean, I'd just like to say, what is, how many points did Clemson score on Duke? I know the transitive property doesn't work in college football, but um, you can try though. You know, no, sometimes I'm, it's all you I'm got. I'm going to try. Northwestern, hang in there. Yeah, keep fighting those players in that locker room. I just want them to fight. Uh, hang in there, Indiana. Now this game got good. So they were down twenty-one nothing, I believe, to Louisville. We yes. saw early on. They came back. They lose twenty-one twenty-four. Louisville needed a goal line stand to win this one. So Indiana showing showing a little fight. They showed they can score last week and showing some fight against Louisville this week. I, this is maybe a hot take based off of what we've seen out of Indiana. They, I don't know how many games that they're going to win, but they might be a better football team than I, I think we're giving them credit for. They're scrappy. I mean, I mean the way they played Ohio State in the first week and then yes. come back in this game, obviously beating an overmatched opponent last week. Like, there's some things to like about Indiana right now. Yeah, I mean, Tavon Jackson this game threw for 299 yards, yeah. 24 for 34, touchdown, defense. And like you said, when you watched them in that, even in that first week, defensively, yeah, they can play some ball now. Like <laughs> they, they were flying around. Play. Yeah, they were flying around, making some plays. Aggressive. And so I don't think you can sleep on Indiana and just say, look, I know that they don't have the guys. No, they've got enough guys out there, enough talent to go and compete week in and week out. And my guy, Jalen Lucas, loved that guy. Ten catches, 98 yards. That's and a your touchdown. boy. Get the ball in his hands. That's right. We got to get to Bloomington. We got to get to Bloomington. I want, I want to see my guy you make play. The call. Pick I, up the I'm going to make phone. that call. I got, I got that power now. Uh, Iowa, how'd we bury this story? They scored 41. What? They beat Western Michigan. Balancing out that average, baby. Iowa's most points in a game since October of 2021. They're currently averaging 28 points per game this what? season. Now, now I know for a fact I didn't see a lot of this game. Okay, One of the scores early on for Iowa, one of their previous games, was defense. Okay, I know it all counts, but I do want to make that clear. No, there's no doubt because when you look at what Cade, Cade McNamara. McNamara did, I mean, 9 for 19, 103, yeah. two TDs. Looks like an Iowa quarterback. Two picks. I but they ran the ball. LaShawn Williams. They ran the ball. That's a good sign for them. 145 yeah. yards on 12 carries. They need to get that started. Some explosive plays. Um, what, what haven't we talked about here? Okay. We have, I think we got two more to go. Uh, we'll save Michigan State for last because they, play, they played like a team that deserves to be talked about last. Um, they also played one of the best played, teams in the country. Yeah, the most explosive offense. Yeah. In the country. <laughs> I get it. I wouldn't want to cover All right, final talk about Michigan State. I feel bad now. It was our game on Peacock. Maybe that's why I'm mad. I want yeah. them to give us a better game on Peacock. I feel it. Uh, they go down um, big to uh, the number eight team in the country. Michael Penix, he, he threw so for good. 375 yards at the half. Sure. That was at the half. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Michigan State had no answers. Of course, playing the first game without Mel Tucker. That situation, Nicole Auerbach did a great job of breaking it down on our pregame show. Uh, Harlan Barnett, his first game as head coach, they hung a big loss on, on Harlan, unfortunately. And who knows where the Michigan State players' heads are right now. Right. Probably did not need the number eight team explosive Washington Huskies to come into town. Yeah. No, they didn't. And I will say this, too, is like, I give all the credit to Washington, and they got started early in I mean, it was just an onslaught of points. Michigan State 
has been at a deficit defensively for the last two seasons and now. And this was probably the worst opponent that they could have had given the circumstances of this week and the fact that their pass defense is still boo-boo. It's tough. I don't know how they find ways to get better right now, but they got to do something because that is right. Whether or not the circumstances were what they were this week, I don't know if the results any different with a team like Washington, the way that they're playing as high powered as they are. Michael Penix Jr., the three wide receivers that are absolute studs, Jaden McMillan, Jaden Polk, Rome Odunzi. I mean, the dudes can play, and there's so much trust. He's been in that system for a long time, and they're just going to be a tough offense to stop. Talk about the – There hasn't been anybody that's been able to. They scored 39.5 points a game last year. So give me me an analysis on the trust factor, right, because we watch Michael Penix Jr., throw the ball and and just expects the guys to come down with it. They might be covered, but he knows that they can handle the contested catch from a quarterback standpoint. What's it like when you go out there and you say, well, I got a guy down there who's going to come down with this ball. Well, the best analogy I can give you or example is when I played with Randy Moss, right? He was a guy that we knew we would scheme up stuff just so we knew that the cornerback would be trailing and that there'd be a safety over top. But guess what we could do? we'd throw the ball up like a jump ball because 75% of the time he was going to come down with it, but he also was a dog when the ball was in the air. He was going to let them come down with it. And so you're, the advantages are for you. And when you watch Penix, he has that much trust in those guys yeah. that where he's throwing with anticipation, knowing even if that DB catches up on a lesser player, like a strong safety or something like that, the advantage is to my guy. Yeah. Because these dudes – are players, and they're going to go – look, they'll all be early draft picks because yeah. they're th- that kind of talent. Brother, I mean, some of the shots that they were taking as they were catching the football and they still came down with it. Oh, yeah. That's that's one of the bigger things that stands out to me is a lot of dudes fold in that yeah. situation in college football. And it's like, ah, dude, I'm not going up to get that. They all climbed the ladder, got it, took a shot, got right back up, and went back in the game. They got the trifecta. I mean, Michael Penix is so good. Yes. They've got great weapons around him. Yeah. And he's in a system now for like the fifth year, and he's super comfortable in it from Indiana now to Washington. Yeah, DeBoer. Speaking of that, yeah, DeBoer. Man, he is one of the most minds in football. Yeah, we're we're ranking play callers, right? He's probably top five in the game right now. Interesting. So now uh, Michael Penix, career stats versus Michigan State because he played him against when he was in Indiana, now two times with Washington. 109 for 155. That's a pretty good percentage. (laughs) 1,400 yards and 13 touchdowns. Jeez. Just against Michigan State. Uh, Would we have a score alert? No, I was just pointing to my boy yeah, taking a shot and coming down with the ball, a game that we're talking about. They're showing the highlights highlight. right now in, in front of us in the hotel lobby. One more game to talk about. The 20-ranked North Carolina Tar Heels beat Minnesota 31-13. Uh, not great for Minnesota. Knew it would be a challenge. Didn't see a whole lot of this game. No. Um, but Drake May does go off. 414 yards, two Ooh. touchdowns, two interceptions, because he heard everyone talking that he's no longer a Heisman candidate, yeah, and he took well, exception to that. If he's throwing interceptions like that, he might not be. And I That's think it's true. a little bit because he's pressing. The guy is really impressive as a player. Um, I think my analysis with Minnesota essentially comes down to the fact that they are a good football team that's well-coached that doesn't necessarily have the horses. 
right? Like, I just don't they know. They lost a ton of talent. They did. Yeah. They did. And I, I think it's perfectly At fair. The quarterback and, position in the running back position, those were their two dudes, right? And that were I think they'll makers. compete in the West, no doubt, but it's just, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Right. Um, Matt's ordering another one. We got one to. more game that. Uh, Wait, what? Maryland played on Friday. Oh, my gosh. How did I forget that? All right, yeah. you're right. Just Maryland start played. Fast. All we call. have to say about that yeah. is just start fast. Yeah. So, yeah, start they fast. go down 14, 14 nothing. Yes, and then um, they on, end up this. just To Virginia, balling. and then they, like they score behind. 42 straight. Yeah. yeah. It's, this is a, it's a powerful football team, a lot of offense. I think their defense has gotten much better. They cannot hurt themselves, period. Terps can't be Terps. That's it. Thanks for remembering that because I made a promise at the start of the podcast that we talk about every game that a Big Ten team yeah. played, and we, we did How could that. I forget the Terps? We did that. You can't yeah, forget. Now that it's 1230, I think we Yeah, it's about that time. So that's it. Go big or go home. Now we are – we're not going to go home. We're going to go back to our hotel room, but then yeah. tomorrow we will go home. We'll, no, we're going home oh, tomorrow. Well, not you. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're going yep. to talk about Patriots for some of us for one-third of the podcast, but then we'll be back. Then we'll be back. We'll be in South Bend. We'll be talking about the biggest game in college football next Saturday. It'll be the biggest game in college football for sure. Ten Uh, million eyeballs. All right. Give Uh, it to us. Sets of eyeballs. Go big or go home. We're going home. We're going home. Bye. Peace. Go big or go home. While no one knows what tomorrow may bring, Bridgestone is working toward a more positive outlook. With innovations like developing a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials. It's just one of the many ways Bridgestone is making a difference today, for generations to come. Because that's what really matters. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. Home isn't just a place, it's a state of mind. Like curling up in a comfy chair while it's cold outside. With a warm drink, or maybe even a wine in hand. As you watch the world go by outside your window. Mmm, short rib. Good afternoon, this is your captain speaking. Which is why at Delta, our people do our best to make you feel at home. Refill? Long before you get there. Delta, keep climbing.